Blog Talk Radio. Shutout. 
And in fact, what he did, he tied a record of Ken Dryden from 1976-77 in getting 36 shutouts in 50 games played. So if he would have done it one game earlier, he would have beat the record. But he was close, but still great news. Then the Canadians headed off to the West Coast in California for a four-game road trip. Started off Monday night against the San Jose Sharks. And, well, this time it was the San Jose Sharks who were all over the Montreal Canadiens for nothing. Canadians had 20 shots in that game. And let's be honest, the Canadians looked horrible in uh, in San Jose. A game to forget for the Montreal Canadiens. And, in fact, the Canadians don't like playing in San Jose. They have trouble scoring goals. They've been shut out the last three times they've been in, um, in to face the Sharks in San Jose. It's actually been about 16 years since the last time the Canadians beat San Jose in, uh, in San Jose. On Wednesday night, it was a matchup of Devante smith Pelly against Yurchi Sekach on Wednesday night as the Canadians faced the Anaheim Ducks. Ducks came up with a 3-1 victory over the Montreal Canadiens. Alex Galchenyuk scored the only goal for the Canadians with 141 remaining in the third period. And it was a goal that honestly didn't mean anything. It was already 3-0 at that point. Yurchi Sekach with one assist against his former team. In this game, I find the Canadians had a better effort compared to the game against the San Jose Sharks. But hey, the Anaheim Ducks, their first place in the league for a reason. And they just won this game between the, uh, between them and the Canadians. On Thursday night, Canadians moved on to L.A. to face the L.A. Kings. And the Los Angeles Kings came up with four three winners over the Canadians in, uh, in the shootout. In this game, it was a game the Canadians were trailing 2 to nothing. And then he scored three unanswered goals, take a 3-2 lead. And then Marin Gabryk tied the game with 45 seconds remaining. It was on a power play goal on the penalty that was called the high staking against uh, Lars Zeller. And then he ended up going into shootouts. And the LA Kings had the advantage over the, the Canadians. And that one, David Dernay, two assists in the... Uh, in that game, and an interesting stat, in fact, in regards to David Dernay, since February 1st, he has 17 points in the, those 17 games, and that actually ties him fifth in the NHL in that period. So he's like the fifth leading scorer in uh, since the beginning of February, which is surprising and great, considering all the heat that he gets here in uh, in Montreal. Back to the game against Los Angeles Kings, Dustin Tokarski allowed three goals on 29 shots. Canadians are currently on a three-game losing streak. Last time that happened this season was in early December when the Canadians lost three games between December 3rd and December 6th against the Minnesota Wild, Chicago Blackhawks, and the uh, Dallas Stars. So the Canadians have played 65 games, so that means we're, we're in the final stretch. 17 games remaining for the Montreal Canadiens. They have a record of 41, 18, and 6 for a total of 88 points. They are two points ahead of the Tampa Bay Lightning, but the Canadiens do have one game in hand. And the Detroit Red Wings, who are in third place, are five points behind the Canadiens, but the Red Wings do have two games in hand over the Montreal 
Canadians. I'm not even going to look at the wildcard race because I don't think it's relevant for the Montreal Canadiens anymore. In the Eastern Conference, Canadians are still first place. The Islanders trail them by one point, but the Canadians do have one game in hand over them as well. And if you look in the NHL, Canadians are third place behind the Nashville Predators, who are second, and at first place are the Anaheim Ducks. Canadians do have one game in hand over the Predators and two games in hand over the Ducks. So, in fact, if the Canadians do win both their games in hand, they'd be first place in the NHL. Pretty impressive. If we go to sportsclubstats.com, Montreal Canadiens, they have a 99.987% chance of making to the playoffs, so it's pretty much a done deal. And in terms of winning the Cup, Canadians have a 6.3% chance. The favorites right now, according to them, are the New York Rangers at the 14.4. And in terms of winning the President's Trophy, Canadians have a 16.2% chance. It is the New York Rangers who are currently ahead, statistically, with a 24.2% chance. Well, we knew we know that on Monday was trade deadline for in the, across the NHL, and our question of the day will be around that topic. The question is, did Mark Bergevin make the right moves to assure a successful playoff run? You can let us know via Twitter at Habs360, and you can also let us know via our chat room on BlockTalkRadio.com. You just need to log in using your Twitter or Facebook accounts and you'll be able to leave us your uh, comments. Join me for today's podcast, my co-host. He's the editor-in-chief and owner of the All Habs Network of Sites. Rick, thank you very much. Thank you for joining us. Chris, thanks for the invitation. Always happy to uh, join you. No problem. You can follow Rick on Twitter at uh, all underscore Habs. So the Canadians, we were expecting it. They got some action during uh, on, on trade deadline day. It started off, it was the first trade of the day. Well, technically, it was the first trade since the network started their uh, trade center coverage. Canadians acquired Jeff Petrie from the Edmonton Oilers in return for a second-round draft pick and a conditional fifth-round pick. So the condition is, if the Canadians head to the second round this year, it becomes a fourth-round pick. And if the Canadians make it to the conference final, it becomes a third-round pick. Let's hear what the coach had to say about the acquisition of Jeff Petri at trade deadline. Well, regard, regarding Petri, you know, he's, uh, I believe he's going to be in the chair with, uh, where he fits, you know. And um, uh, top four defenseman, skate really well, good transition, good shot. And uh, I believe the... Uh, this is going to be a great fit for us. And Rick, one of the Canadians' needs at trade deadline was to acquire a, a top four defenseman, and I think with uh, Jeff Petrie, they got him. I, I'd have to agree with you. Um, I, I mean, there was there was uh, n- a number of, of defensemen that were out there. There was, uh, um, you know, the. The prices seem to be at a premium um, for those defensemen. If you look at, you know, I guess it was Cody Franson um, 
that uh, was rumored uh, at one time to come to the Canadians. Um, and, uh, you know, the price for, for him was a first-round pick. The price for uh, uh, Sakara was uh, a first-round pick, included a first-round pick. Uh, Yandel, who was rumored to come to the Canadians, uh, involved a, a first, a second, and a, and a prospect. Um, even, you know, w- what surprised me was Braden Coburn uh, going to Tampa and getting a first and third. Um, I guess for for uh, some of us, um, we were worried that, that Mark Bergevin was going to have to overpay to get that that top four defenseman, uh, that piece that, that he was uh, rumored to be looking for. And um, I have to say that, that uh, you know, it's, it's a reasonable price. It seems to be a fair price uh, for Jeff Petrie. He's, he's uh, um, you know, may, maybe isn't the impact player of a, of a Yandel. Um, certainly wouldn't put him in that category, but, but he fits nicely into the group without set, upsetting the mix. Uh, we've seen him play with, with uh, Tom Gilbert, and there's, you know, there's some um, experience already there, and, and they seem to... Uh, even though they're both right-hand shots, they seem to have uh, Gilbert has adjusted, and and uh, they they uh, the other night were were probably the the best the best pairing out there, um, and and he you know he's he he ate a lot of minutes when he was in uh, Edmonton. He's used to playing against uh, the opposition's uh, best players. Um, uh, now he won't have to do that when he's in Montreal, but but he brings he brings some um, that experience. Even though he was on a uh, not a, a pretty poor team in Edmonton for a number of for a number of years, and I think that's probably what uh, you know kind of tamped the price down for for Petrie uh, that that he's been playing on it on Edmonton, excuse me, um, and. And uh, coming from a bad team, um, maybe that's why he didn't get the return. Uh, that certainly, uh, if you look at Edmonton Oilers fans, they were expecting a lot more. As uh, McTavish had talked about getting a prospect back for him, and maybe even a first-round pick. Although I don't think that was realistic, but uh, certainly Edmonton Oilers fans not were expecting more. Um, and some of some of their um, uh, analysts were expecting more. Um, I, I, I looked at Jonathan Willis from the Edmonton Journal, and and he said, you know, realistically, this is a this is a fair return. Um, he feels that Petrie's value sometimes uh, got overrated uh, by the local um, fan base. Um, you know, he's a, he's a he's a good overall defenseman. Um, and skates well, moves the puck well, but he's not—he's not a lead at anything. He's, you know, he'll hit, but he's not gritty. He's—he's um, offensive, but he doesn't use his shot a lot. He's just kind of in the mid-range. Um, so I think that—that, that, you know, what's what was striking for me, if you—if you, you look at the the returns, um, the Canadians gave up. Um, Probably the same as what what Chicago gave up for uh, in their trade with Philadelphia to get Kimo Timonen. And you ask yourself, uh, would you rather have Kimo Timonen, or would you rather have um, uh, 
uh, Jeff Petrie. And, and, you know, I personally, I love Kimo Timonen and all due respect to Kimo Timonen, but that's not the player. That's not the defenseman uh, that the, uh, the Canadians needed at this point. And for the return to be similar, I think it was uh, a very good trade for, for the Canadians um, uh, and, and good on Mark Bergevin for taking the two months to, to, uh, you know, to work this out and stick to his guns and, and, uh, you know, only give up what, what, uh, what he wanted to give up. And I'll agree as well as for the question between uh, Timonen and Petrie, I would choose Petrie as well. Timonen hasn't played not even a single game this season before uh, the trade. Uh, back to the acquisition of Petrie, the impression that I get is the Canadians acquired them to do what I think they're expecting Tom Gilbert was supposed to do when, uh, when they signed them during the offseason, which was the ability to get the puck out of the, the zone quickly, to make him play in the second uh, power play unit. And, you know, he, he plays on the penalty kill as well. So I just think that the, the Canadians tried to address those same needs that Gilbert was supposed to address uh, during the offseason. And in regards to the price that the Canadians uh, paid to acquire him, compared to what else happened, especially during trade deadline, Rick, I think you're right when uh, when we say that the price is uh, was fair on that one. If we look right now at the Canadians' current situation on uh, defense, there's currently eight defensemen with the Montreal Canadiens. So that doesn't include Craig Patterson, who was sent down to Hamilton on Tuesday and uh, Jared Tenorti, who was sent down to Hamilton uh, prior to that. Uh, there's Alexi Amelin, who practiced yesterday with a regular jersey, so he's getting closer to uh, to a return. Besides Mike Weaver, who came in in the game against the Los Angeles Kings and played uh, f- five minutes, Rick, who do you think is the odd man out? How do you see this uh, being played out? Well, uh, clearly, as, as you just said, I think... Um, Overall, I think Mike. We won't be seeing Mike Weaver unless uh, you know there's there's injuries. So he's he's definitely the odd man out. Uh, as far as the rest, I don't think there's a clear odd man out. Um, I I think a lot's going to depend on matchups. I think uh, it gives um, uh, Michelle Terrian a lot of flexibility. Uh, you know, we saw some really good things out of uh, Nathan Beaulieu. Um, uh, and particularly when he was uh, paired with Gonchar, I think Gonchar has been a godsend as a mentor. Um, but I, but you've been noticing uh, his minutes have been declining, and I think the real concern, and it's a legitimate concern, is is um, is Volu's uh, playing his own end. Uh, at times, he still is learning how to read, um, you know, the the offense. Um, he he looks a bit lost at times. That's been better with Gonchar, uh, but I think that that um, he may be, uh, you know, the odd man out. But but like I say, I I don't think there's a clear person. I think I think uh, it, it allows Terry and the flexibility so that um, you know, uh, depending on matchups, depending on who's going well, um, he has a a, a, a rotation where um, he can give Gonchar a night off. Um, you know, if he wants uh, something a bit more offensive, he brings in a volume. Um, Amelin, if you need the, if if you want the physicality, 
Um, I, I think it's a it, it's a good problem for for the head coach to have. Um, and you know, I, I don't think other than Markov and Subban, I don't think there's any necessarily set pairings. Um, you know, Petrie's uh, been a bit flexible. Tom Gilbert, Gilbert especially, has been flexible in playing both sides. Uh, they've got a nice mix of right and left handers. I, I really think it's a, um, you know, you're going to see a lot of, of uh, maneuvering until somebody steps forward and, you know, kind of claims that, that last spot, so to speak. Yeah. I think the only three defensemen that are, I'll say safe in playing every day would be like I said, Markov Subban and the throw in Jeff Petrie as well. I think he'll be one of the defensemen that'll be subbing out. But I wouldn't be surprised, like you mentioned, if Boyer sits out, Gonchar, you know, we've it's happened before, even on Super Bowl Sunday when the Canadians played back to back games, Gonchar sat out one of them. Weaver, it's uh, I don't think an explanation is needed for that one. And <laughs> Alexi and Alexi Emelin. If he's at his at the top of his game, like we've seen him in uh, in the past, Alexi Emelin should be playing every game. But the way that he's played this season, he I don't think he's been consistent when it comes to bringing the physicality every game. But uh, until I think he gets that resolved, he'll be part of that rotation of uh, of defensemen sitting out. All right, we're going to take our first break here on uh, on the Habs 360. Coming up next, we'll talk about the Canadians who added some depth up front as well. And later, we'll tackle our question of the day, which is, did Mark Bergevin make the right moves to assure himself a successful playoff run? And we'll preview tonight's game between the Montreal Canadiens and the Arizona Coyotes. This is the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com If you missed a recent episode of the Habs360 podcast, search Habs360 on allhabs.net or on iTunes for the archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. Don't live close to Montreal? Ever feel like you're the only Habs fan in town? Chances are good that there are plenty of fellow fans just around the corner. And HabsTweetUp.com will help you find them. If you're interested in hosting a hockey party in your city, visit HabsTweetUp.com for more details. You'll be connected to other Habs fans near you in no time. Framework Sports Marketing has been manufacturing high-quality sports memorabilia since 1992. By setting new standards in the industry, Frameworth is now the largest distributor of autographed NHL memorabilia in the world. Frameworth is an official licensee of the NHL, NHLPA, CFL, and Hockey Hall of Fame. Frameworth is also the exclusive supplier and distributor of autographed products for some of the best players in the world, including Sidney Crosby. Jonathan Tace, John Tavares, Alec Galchenyuk, and much more. Unlike other companies, Frameworth produces most of what they sell, and this allows them to guarantee the quality of every piece.
For more information on Frameworth Sports Marketing, visit Frameworth.com. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. Dans son cas, c'est une question d'adaptation. C'est une question euh, euh, où il faut travailler avec. Donc, euh, euh, on, on lui a parlé déjà. On a mis un plan en, en place. Euh, on, il se doit d'être euh, dans une condition un petit peu plus élevée qu'il est présentement. All right, welcome back. I'm Chris G at Christie 1980, along with uh, Rick Stevens from uh, allhabs.net. So we heard there the coach, Michel Tamey, speaking about Uh, Devante Smith-Pelly, or as I like to call him, DSP. And he mentioned at that time that DSP, it's a, an adoption period for him and that they've put up a plan to help him get into better shape. And he was asked to clarify, and yes, he did mean to physically get into better condition, physical condition for uh, for for DSP. And Rick, I think he's gotten a message since that game against the San Jose Sharks because I find in the last two games he's uh, he's played better than the beginning, including 11 hits and uh, five shots on goal in his last two games. What about you? What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree completely with you. Um, you know, when, when he arrived in his first game or two, uh, you know, I think Habs fans, justifiably so, were saying, wait a minute, where's, where's the phys physicality we've been promised? And uh, but he's really he's really brought it the last couple of games and and that's that's obviously the reason that uh, Mark Bergevin wanted to uh, add that kind of a player to the lineup. You know the Canadians have um, every night they're out hit on a, a nightly basis um, and uh, Emmelin is their is their hit leader uh, and especially with him out of the lineup. Um, You know, you can use your speed to beat teams, uh, but but being able to wear them down um, is is what Smith Pelly can can add. And um, you know, there's 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 the other there's hits and then there's hits. You know, Jeff Petrie hits, but um, Smith Pelly hits like a truck. He, you know, he he his hits are solid and um, and wearing down a, an opponent. Uh, is also key in a in a long playoff series, and and I think that's another reason um, uh, why why he was added. Um, he's, I, I think fans were expecting um, you know a player who could maybe fit into the top six. He's not that player. He's he he's not going to be a uh, maybe spot duty, but he's not going to be a consistent top six power forward type. Um, but he can be very effective on the third and fourth lines uh, with just wearing down the other team and and, uh, and chipping in the offense here and there. Just, I mean, I'm a depth guy. Um, adding depth to, to the lineup, I think uh, my speed and my uh, you know my leadership, my character, and my you know penalty killing ability, checking ability. I think uh, I think I'll bring a lot to the team. Speed, um, skate well. I know the Habs are a very good skating team. Um, hopefully, I can fit in in that, and I'm um, just be a guy who, um, you know, when I'm in the lineup, who who competes every night and um, 
brings that consistent work ethic and um, is a reliable, good, honest two-way guy. Well, they're going to bring some depth, and uh, that was the first thing that we were looking for when we had those guys. We're going to give them an opportunity, and I'm sure they're going to be really excited uh, to be part of their first game with the Montreal Canadian. And uh, they're reliable defensively. I think they play both, well both sides of the ice. And uh, as a coach, I'm excited to see uh, playing their first game. And we heard there from a couple of Montreal Canadiens acquisitions at the trade deadline. We heard first from uh, Tori Mitchell, followed by uh, Brian Flynn. Uh, both these players were acquired from the Buffalo Sabres in uh, separate trades. And we also heard uh, the coach, Michel Temi, uh, speaking about the newest acquisitions. Uh, Tori Mitchell was acquired in return for Jack Nevins on a seventh-round draft pick. And uh, Brian Flynn was uh, acquired in return for a fifth-round draft pick. So, Rick, uh, Mark Bergevin added a couple of depth players. Uh, what needs do you think uh, he was trying to address with uh, these acquisitions? I think it's just just that, as you said, depth. Um, they were players that, that didn't cost him very much. Uh, they added depth. Uh, they're both good skaters. They're both energy-type players. Um, you know, Tori Mitchell has the the added advantage of being a local local guy, um, and I th- I think you know we've we've heard a lot uh, this season about gee is is um, is Michelle Terrian changing his ways? Is he becoming more comfortable with with playing younger players? And I think the answer is no. Um, you know, he's he's back to his roots. He's more comfortable with with uh, mature uh, veteran-type players. Um, he's more more comfortable um, with, uh, you know, a, a, a Brian Flynn, uh, Tory Mitchell over a Michael Bourneville. Um He's not ready to trust um, Nathan Beaulieu, so they, they bring in a, a, a defenseman. I, th- I, think, I think both players, uh, Flynn and Mitchell, are... are, are Character guys, guys you can count on, you know, versatile. You can you can put them at at different spots, um, and I think it's the, uh, the 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 depth and the trustworthiness that um, that uh, Terrian can have in in those kinds of players. Uh, it's just a it's just a comfort level thing for him, um, and you know we we haven't. We haven't seen much of an impact uh, in the, the couple of games that they've played, but I don't, I don't expect that we will. Um, you know, Brian Flynn kind of got on my radar a bit on the uh, the November 29th game against the um, the Buffalo Sabers, uh, where he scored the the tying goal, the th- uh, third goal in in the third period. And then he scored the shootout winner against Tukarski, um and got first star in that that November game. And I, I don't know if that played any you know into their decision at all, but he showed that he's uh, a bit of a clutch guy and and uh, somebody who um, who can be relied on. And and again, this is this is preparing for the playoffs, just like uh, the Canadians feel that that they're more comfortable with with uh, Smith-Pelly in the playoffs. Um, 
I, th- I think this is this is the same same sort of move, and it again allows flexibility. So you can bring in a male halter if if need be, uh, but you're equally comfortable with uh, uh, Brian Flynn taking faceoffs, and uh, and uh, Tory Mitchell killing penalties. Yeah, and it's kind of funny the Canadians to get help a trade deadline. They went after uh, teams that Canadians couldn't beat this season: the Edmonton Oilers and the Buffalo Sabers, who are. Uh, I don't know, bottom dwellers, I guess, is the way to, uh, to call them. Uh, another reason that uh, Mark Bergevin spoke about acquiring both these players is that they both could play at center and they're both uh, right-handed sticks. So I guess that's an additional reason to uh, to pick up both of them. And in the last game against the Kings, if I'm not mistaken, we did see Tori Mitchell take some uh, defensive zone face-offs uh, late in uh Late in the game, it is. I like to call uh, you know LC competition. You know within your team, uh, our coaching staff, Michelle, always believed that you reward by your performance. So now here it is. You know we have some players that you know could do the job. We bought some skill and, and speed up through our lineup, our lineup, and uh, guys will be rewarded by the the way they perform. Team chemistry is really important to get success. And uh, one thing for sure, we got that team chemistry. Players uh, love to come to the ring and compete, and um, uh, this is an aspect that uh, we uh, we really pay attention. And, uh, and so we heard there from Mark Bergevin and Michel Therrien talking about team chemistry and uh, healthy competition uh, within the team. So the acquisitions of Mitchell and Flynn, like we mentioned, added depth to uh, the bottom six of the Montreal Canadiens. But I think this is bad news for. Somebody like P. Paronto, who he was out with a concussion, came back on Monday night against the game against the Sharks in a game where nobody looked uh, good during that game. He he sat out the next couple of games against the Ducks and the Kings, and he's expected to sit out tonight's game as well against the um, the Arizona Coyotes and. Rick, what is, what effect do you think adding this depth will have in terms of I don't know, the chemistry and internal internal competition within this team? Well, I think you're dead on with respect to Parento. Um, you know, he's we have to say he's been a, a disappointment. I think that uh, fans unanimously, you know, were were uh, thinking that he would be an upgrade over uh, Briere. Uh, he hasn't been. Um, they, he was supposed to be the answer uh, to some of the offensive woes. He hasn't been that. Um, you know, his contributions have come. A couple of uh, uh, goals on the power play, a couple of uh, shootout winners. Um, but five on five, um, I'll, have, I'll have to check my stats, but he has two or three goals on uh, five on five. And, um, you know, Breer has uh, seven or eight in, in that category this year. Um, I, I think that that um, given that, you know, we're not going to see the, the shootout in the playoffs, um, Parento's uh, utility with the team has is, is been reduced. Um, and I think now with the last 17 games, as you said, um, they're going to try to fine-tune their lineup um, to to compete like they would in the playoffs, and I'm not sure that 
that he fits necessarily um, right now. And and uh, you know the the other important part is the chemistry. Um, I I think uh, Tarion is right that you know it's it's very rare that that you see a team who wants to play with uh, play for each other so hard. Um, you know many many have referenced this year. Many players have referenced the type of locker room you have. Um, you know, it, it was they made a big deal about Carey Price skating over to congratulate Manny Malhotra when he got his first goal, and that evidenced uh, you know the the chemistry between them. And I I, I think they're absolutely right, and um, I think that's why you saw um, you saw the kinds of moves that that um, Bergevin made not to upset the chemistry. The you know the only one player deleted from the roster uh, as such, other than the the ones that were sent down, uh, just in Ccash um, uh, being traded. Uh, so the the roster is 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 set. Um, you know, Tori Mitchell and Brian Flynn. They don't they, what what was given away to um, to bring them in and being character players uh, in their own right only adds to the chemistry. And um, I think that's, you know, uh, fans might have been looking for uh, another deal, a bigger deal, uh, you know, a, a Vanek type of, of deal as happened last year. But um, uh, we saw that that didn't really pay off. And giving up the future and disturbing the chemistry um, to bring in a big name like that, um, I think I think Mark, Mark Bergevin learned from last year. I don't think it was going to happen. In Columbus on Thursday. That doesn't happen very often. They're really in sync, Arthur. There's a steal. Dale Reese, drop pass. Manny Mohocha scores. And that was Manny Mohocha's first goal of the season that uh, was among chalk names that spoke about Rick uh, earlier. Now just have to be patient to see if he scores again. Uh, when it comes to Pierre Paranto, to your question, Paranto has three even strength goals this season, and Daniel Briere with the Avalanche. Has uh, has eight even strength goals. Yeah, I'm really satisfied what we did today. We 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 first of all, we're, I'm really happy with our group, where we what we've done so far this year. You know, uh, first 60 some games. You know, the way we compete, the way we played, where we are in the standing. I think it's a, it's it's a, it's great for 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 our players. First of all, and our coaching staff, what the way they've done. So I'm proud of them. And today, we brought help. I mean, uh, our goal is uh, to make the playoffs still. As far as I'm concerned, we don't have a, a little nick next to our, uh, the Montreal Canadiens standing, which means we haven't made the playoff yet. But we put ourselves in a good spot. So I think these guys, uh, puck mover defenseman and uh, and Petrie, and uh, we uh, we bring uh, skill and speed uh, in our depth up front. So I think to me, and I think not forget that Jacob and uh, Devo are, are two young players that we brought in recently. So there's five new players we got in and without really uh, moving anybody out. So that's uh, Mark Bergevin on the trade deadline talking about his moves. <laughs> he mentions five new players without getting rid of anybody. I guess here to say catch was said nobody to him. Uh, so Mark Bergevin, uh, he was happy, like he mentioned, about uh, the moves that he made at the trade deadline day, or I guess that period if you include the DSP. Uh, I'm disappointed that he didn't address the need of having a top six forwards. But 
he I think the team got better without sacrificing a uh, a roster player without Yuji Sekach and I'm not considering him as a roster player right now because it I think it was pretty evident that Michel Tengen didn't have any plans of playing him or not playing him on on a regular basis but looking on the other side as well not many top 6 forwards moved heading into trade deadline uh, we saw Vermette who moved to Chicago for a first round pick and a, a prospect Yager who who went to Florida for a second round and a third round draft pick uh, for me I think the price was a little too high for for players like that but overall I do think the Habs did improve prior to the trade deadline, especially on defense with the acquisition of uh, Jeff Petrie. Uh, Rick, do you think the Canadians did get better? Yes, I, I think they they did get better. Uh, you're right. Uh, there, you know, there was uh, some disappointment that goal scoring is is a huge problem for for the Canadians. Obviously, um, the the difficulty in trying to add a top six forward at this time of the year is that the, the price, as you said, uh, is, is very expensive. Uh, those kind of moves, maybe, maybe if, if Bergevin, um, is criticized, he should have been criticized for not pursuing, um, a player like that last summer. Uh, he felt that Parenteau was going to be that player. He, he wasn't. Um, but to, to, you know, to give up, a a first pick and a prospect for a player like Vermette. Um, you know, the, the other names, as you mentioned, um, you know, Yager isn't a fit for this team, uh, the kind of style he plays. Uh, Talusti was a good price, but he's more of a third liner. Fleischman is, is, is a very good versatile player, but he's not that offensive spark kind of player. Uh, there, there just wasn't the, the, the player out there at a reasonable price that he could have added uh, so I think he did what he 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 could do, uh, staying within the framework of his plan, his overall plan. Um, he did what he could do to make the team better, and uh, and it definitely is after the trade deadline. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to look ahead to the game between the Canadians and the Coyotes, which is tonight at uh, seven o'clock, and we'll tackle as well our question of the day and we'll be reading your tweets that you can keep sending them to us at Habs360 is the way to reach us. This is the Habs360 podcast featured on allhabs.net For the most trusted source of news, analysis and features about the Montreal Canadiens their affiliates and their prospects log in to allhabs.net your year-round resource for anything Habs related that's allhabs.net Hi, I'm Chris G. The Habs360 podcast and Anthony from r2canvas.com are pleased to announce the return of the Habs contest this season. The contest will run during every Habs home game in the regular season and will give you the opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of r2canvas.com. Listen to the Habs360 podcast and follow Habs360 and Habs Happy on Twitter for more details. And for high-quality canvas art at a reasonable price, visit r2canvas.com. Good luck. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched 
social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information about this unique marketing opportunity. Hab360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. The RSM mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. Gilbert is on it. Gilbert takes it down low, drives it and scores! Oh my stars, what a goal by Tom Gilbert! And well, John Bartlett was right. That was the, probably the goal of his career for Tom Gilbert against the LA Kings on uh, Thursday night. And he looked like that power forward that the Montreal Canadiens have been uh, looking for. If you haven't seen it, I do recommend you go to NHL.com and uh, pick up uh, and look at that clip. Uh, I just want to remind you that the Habs 360 podcast is excited to provide one Habs fan an opportunity to win an 8x10 autographed picture of Brendan Gallagher, courtesy of Frameworth Sports Marketing. Frameworth is the largest distributor of autographed NHL memorabilia in the world and one of the largest distributors of sports memorabilia in North America. It's very easy to enter the contest. You have to follow Habs360 on Twitter. And prior to the next Canadian's road game, which is tonight, so you can do it as of right now, you tweet Habs360, your guess of the final score, and the name of the final, of, sorry, of the first Canadian goal scorer. If you guess them correctly, you win. It's pretty simple to enter the contest. In case of a multiple correct guesses, a tiebreaker will be determined from all winners. For more information on Frameworth Sports Marketing, visit the website frameworth.com. And Frameworth did announce last week that Carey Price is their newest exclusive athlete. So Frameworth is a, the exclusive source of Carey Price autographs memorabilia. And if you go to the website frameworth.com, uh, they have a signing coming up with, uh, with Carey Price at the end of the March. And they have a lot of special deals and pre-order specials. So if you're interested, go to Frameworth.com and search Carry Price, and you'll have more details on that. The deadline for the pre-order is March 10th. So it's coming up in a couple of days, and we'll be tweeting out uh, the link directly to that page uh, later on today or maybe even uh, tomorrow. All right, heading back now to... uh, Talking Montreal Canadiens and looking ahead, I'm Christy along with uh, Rick Stevens from Mohabs.net. So, Rick, we spoke uh, about the Canadiens' moves in the trade deadlines, and the question that I'm asking to our uh, to our followers is: Did 
did Mark Bergevin make the right moves to assure a successful playoff run? And for me, a successful playoff run would be an appearance to the conference final like they did last year. They don't necessarily have to win it. And I think it's possible for them to make it uh, this season again. But this year, I find it more than compared to last year. I'll have to be on the shoulders of uh, Carey Price. I'm not sure the Canadians right now have enough offense up front to match teams like the Rangers, uh, the Lightning, and I'll even throw the Washington Capitals, who have Alex, uh, Alexander Ovechkin, who's been who's been great this year. Uh, what about you? What do you think? Well, I I, I think that's pretty accurate. Um, that that they've decided that uh, they are who they are. Uh, their game plan is Carey Price. Uh, their 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 playoff strategy is Carey Price, and Carey Price will have to uh, carry this team. They they don't have the uh, the offense. They don't have um, the 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 personnel to be able to. Uh, um, and 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 I guess what's most frustrating is they don't seem to be well prepared enough to be that first period team to to uh, get up on on. Uh, uh, other teams, so they have to rely on Carey Price. Um, you know, we saw other teams uh, be very aggressive at the trade deadline. Um, Anaheim was very aggressive. You mentioned the Rangers. Um, I think the Rangers are probably uh, the scariest opponent right now. Um, Keith Yandel is 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 going to provide a huge impact. Going to be a, huge for their power play. Um, they gave up a lot to to get him, but um, you know the 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 part that's that's most scary about the Rangers is that they're playing really well. They're um, in their their last ten games. They're uh, they've got a very good record, and it's all in the hands right now of Cam Talbot. Um, and just wait till Lundqvist comes back. Um, can you imagine the the Canadians going on a similar run? If um, you know it was up to uh, Dustin Tokarski, um, the the Rangers are a much more well balanced team, and uh, and and they're pretty scary. Uh, so it's going to be up to the Canadians to um, help out Carey Price, keep him healthy. Um, he's their he's he's their their one blue chip, one elite player who's going to have to carry this this load. Um, Right throughout the, uh, their their playoff run, and I think you're right that that in order for this to be a, seen as a successful season, they're going to have to make it to the Eastern Conference Final um, before. Otherwise, there'll be some uh, pretty serious questions asked. If you look at some tweets that we got from our listeners at Habs360, first one comes from Rick, uh, and not you, Rick, the other Rick. Uh, <laughs> He writes, he did what he could under the circumstances. If a top six forward was available at Mark Bergevin's price, I'm sure he would have picked him up. And in regards to what is considered a successful playoff run, he writes the Stanley Cup Finals. Although I won't be that disappointed if they don't make it, but I'll be pissed if they get eliminated in the first round. And I agree, a first round elimination would be pretty disappointing for the Montreal Canadiens. Tim Michael Butler writes, he will address this in the off season. This is for Bergevin in regards to a top six forward. 
takes time to build a winner after last place not long ago. So thank you very much. Uh, Chris Jones on Twitter writes, a successful playoff run for him would be the final four, so a conference final. Habs underscore junkie writes, a successful playoff run would be a third round or better. Habs fan in Ottawa writes, beating Boston or Ottawa in round one, pushing Detroit or Tampa Bay to seven games in round two, and trusting in Providence and or carry price. So that's pretty specific as to what would make him uh, happy as a Canadian fan. And obviously, we for the same thing, I think, for last season, Canadians, when he beat the Boston Bruins, I think everybody considered that a successful playoff run. Uh, Carlos on Twitter writes, a finals appearance, any less, and it will be considered status quo, which isn't bad, just not plus. So, I guess he needs a Stanley Cup final appearance. Uh, Nino on Twitter writes, I don't think so. Smith Pelly does not have say catch talent. I need Eller out of lineup. Also need to Nordy in to help press because playoff gets rougher. Somebody in my Canadian organization has a hard has a hard head. So thank you very much for the tweets, Nino. And when it comes to Tenorti, we're going to see him back with the Canadians. Worst case, part of the uh, the black cases. So it's not all hope is is lost when it comes to uh, to Jared Tenorti. All right, Rick. Let's look at uh, ahead to tonight's game against the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, we all remember what happened last time when these two teams faced each other. It was on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, Coyotes beat the Canadians three to two. And there was some no-name goalie, like it seems it always happens for the Canadians, uh, Domingue, who got the victory. But I find it weird to say, but Arizona, they're 28th, I think, in the NHL. But I think for the Canadians, it's a must-win game tonight. Oh, it is, absolutely. Um, I, I think, you know, they 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 have one point. They haven't won uh, yet on this, this West Coast swing. Um, and this this has to... This has to be not only a win, but a convincing win, I think, um, for them to uh, return from this road trip. The, the Coyotes, as you say, are 28th, but, but even more than that, they're, um, you know, they're, they're 29th in goals scored. They're, they're 30th last place in goals against. Mike Smith's not having a very good year. They're at the bottom in, in uh, so many categories. I think the only category that they're they're decent in um, is their power play, uh, which they're fifth or sixth. Um, but that's that was that was uh, all due to uh, Keith Yandel, and of course he's not there anymore. So the Canadians really have to um, get on the Coyotes early uh, and and um, you know show that they're one of the top teams in the league and uh, to really finish off this this uh, West Coast swing. Um, yeah, don't don't let them get back. Don't let them score first. Don't let them get into the game, and don't let the fans get into uh, to support them. Yes, yeah, so the Canadians are currently on a three-game losing streak, and I I just can't imagine how happy fans in general would be if the Canadians end up losing tonight against the uh, Coyotes. Uh, and then the Canadians 
Um, looking, I, I hope the Canadians don't do the same mistake like I'm going to do right now. I'm looking past the Arizona Coyotes and heading into Monday night when the Canadians face the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. And we know the Tampa Bay Lightning is in there for the battle in the top spot in Atlantic Division and the Eastern Conference with the Montreal Canadiens. And Monday night, it's the first of three games against the Lightning in uh, in the month of March. So far this season, Canadians are over two against the Lightning. They've been outscored 11-3 in uh, in those two games. And on Monday, Rick, I think we'll have a better idea if uh, the Canadians are actually a, a contender in the Eastern Conference when they when they face off against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I, I don't mean to correct you, but I think it, the game's on Tuesday night. But um, oh yeah, you're right. Uh, the 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 Lightning are uh, you know it's it's time for the the Canadians to show that uh, as in these last games that uh, that they can compete, they can be dominate pr- dominant, uh, particularly at home. Um, and um, you know, many felt last year that the the Canadians just made it past the Lightning because of goaltending. Well, um, uh, that that's debatable, but I think it's time for them to put some separation between themselves and and good teams like the Lightning. They'll be they'll be facing them three times uh, this month, so uh, it's time to get a couple of wins. And if you look at all the Canadians' upcoming games until our next uh, episode. Uh, tonight against the Phoenix, uh, sorry, I keep calling Phoenix, but it's Arizona Coyotes at 7 o'clock Eastern, a game that could be seen coast-to-coast on the City TV in English and on the TVA Sports in French. The game, like Rick corrected me, is on Tuesday night against the Tampa Bay Lightning, a 7.30 p.m. start, a game that could be seen to viewers in Belleville East, on the Sportsnet East and on RDS. And then Thursday night, Canadians hosting the Ottawa Senators at 7.30 p.m. start. A game that could be seen once again to viewers Belleville and East. And in English, it's it's the second time we could uh, this happens this year. The game will also be available on TSN5. So if you're looking for a, a different broadcast perspective, like, like I am on the English side, I'll be certainly tuning in to a TSN5 for that game or else you can tune in to a Sportsnet East, and the game in French will remain on uh, RDS. Rick, thank you very much for joining us this week. Really appreciate the invitation. Thanks so much. Glad to join you again. No problem. You can follow Rick on Twitter at all underscore Habs. Rick is the editor-in-chief and owner of uh, the All Habs Network of uh, Sites. Coming up next week, on uh, Habs 360, we're going to be we're going to preview a, a Price versus Halak matchup, as the Canadians will be in Long Island to face the New York Islanders. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. We really do appreciate it. My name is Chris G. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris G1980, and we'll talk to you again next Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern, for another edition of the Habs 360 podcast. Enjoy. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net.